This is the Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, April 25th, and I'm Clara Rasmussen. Our lead story this week, Opioid Prescribing and Suicide Risk in the United States, is in the American Journal of Psychiatry. In this retrospective study of U.S. commuting zone-level opioid prescriptions and mortality, regional decreases in opioid prescriptions were consistently associated with declines in total suicide deaths. For some opioid prescribing measures, negative associations were observed with unintentional overdose deaths involving opioids among younger people. Individual-level inferences are limited by the ecological nature of the analysis. Next is a study in JAMA Network Open, titled Association Between Acute Alcohol Use and Firearm-Involved Suicide in the United States. This cross-sectional study investigated the association between amount of alcohol consumed and the probability of using a firearm as the method of suicide. The study found that the probability of using a firearm as the method of suicide when alcohol was consumed was higher for male subjects. Increasing amounts of alcohol consumed increase the probability of suicide to a certain blood alcohol content level. One prevention strategy may be to address alcohol use among individuals at risk of suicide. A new study in the Journal of Substance Abuse and Addiction Treatment is titled Use of Residential Opioid Use Disorder Treatment Among Medicaid Enrollees in Nine States. This study explored the use of residential treatment for opioid use disorder and examined claims data for over 400,000 Medicaid enrollees. The study found that 7.5% of enrollees had residential treatment. Those receiving residential care were more likely to be younger, with 55% below 30 years of age, and male at 58%. Those in residential treatment were also more likely to have co-occurring substance use disorders at 91%. Next, we have a study in the Lancet Global Health titled Epidemiology of Injecting Drug Use, Prevalence of Injecting-Related Harm, and Exposure to Behavioral and Environmental Risks Among People Who Inject Drugs. This literature review compiled worldwide data on injection drug use from 190 countries, representing 99% of the world's population aged 15 to 64 years from 2017 to 2022. Worldwide, 0.29% injected drugs ranging from 0.10% in the Middle East to 1.38% in North America, more than four times as many men injected as women. Among people injecting drugs, 15% had HIV, 39% had HCV, and 32% had a recent skin or soft tissue injection. Opioids were the primary drug injected for 80%. A new study in JAMA is titled Population-Level Health Effects of Involuntary Displacement of People Experiencing Unsheltered Homelessness Who Inject Drugs in U.S. Cities. Of the half million people in the U.S. experiencing homelessness, more than 30% have a substance use disorder. This study sought to investigate the long-term effects of involuntary displacement of this population in 23 cities across the country. Outcomes included overdose mortality, serious injection-related infections, hospitalizations, and life years lived over a 10-year period. Using a closed cohort microsimulation model, a substantial increase was found in drug-related morbidity and mortality compared to unhoused persons who were not displaced. These results have implications for the practice of involuntary displacement, including access to housing and supportive services. 
The next study is in JAMA Psychiatry, titled Living Alone and Drug Overdose Deaths in the U.S. The study found that, from 2008 to 2019, the overall drug overdose death rate was 10.56 per 100,000 person years, 11.84 for adults who lived alone, and 10.37 for adults who lived with others. This amounted to a 42% increased risk of overdose deaths for persons living alone. The groups with the largest adjusted hazard ratio between living alone and overdose deaths included unemployed adults aged 65 or older, adults with incomes above 125,000, and Hispanic adults. Our next article, titled From Prevention Science to Services, Identifying Paths to Sustainable Evidence-Based Preventative Interventions, is in Psychiatric Services. This article notes that even when research demonstrates the efficacy of mental health prevention programs, they may not be implemented due to lack of funding. The Affordable Care Act requires payers to cover preventative services with an A or B grade from the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force. Interventions for illicit drug use are graded I, or insufficient evidence to assess. The authors call for research designed specifically to advance the grade to A or B. Furthermore, the 2018 Family First Prevention Services Act can fund prevention services that prevent youth's entry into foster care. States have funds from SAMHSA block grants that can be used for preventative services, but states need to have uniform criteria that can be targeted by research. Our final article, titled The Traps of Adaptation, Addiction as Maladaptive Referent Dependent Evaluation, is in Cognitive, Effective, and Behavioral Neuroscience. In the U.S., it is estimated that addiction accounts for up to 20% of deaths each year and for one-third of inpatient hospital costs. Referent-dependent evaluation theories propose that the ongoing context influences how the brain attributes value to stimuli. This paper casts addiction as a form of maladaptive referent-dependent evaluation. Specifically, addiction is proposed to arise from the establishment of an excessive reference point following repeated drug consumption. This formulation has important analogies with classical accounts of addiction, such as set-point theories and associative learning theories, as well as the pattern of striatal dopaminergic activity observed in addiction, a key neural signature of the disorder. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ACM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary, delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and ASAM.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.